Boom, people, welcome back to Investment Fund Secret. So today we're gonna talk about the three qualifiers to see if you are a born entrepreneur. I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it with no investors and without an Ivy League degree? This podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Boom, people, welcome back to the show. So today we're gonna talk about the three passes that Alex Sharfin gives for entrepreneur personality types. Now, who's Alex Sharfin, right? He runs the Momentum Podcast. He's actually written a few books. One of his books is called The Entrepreneur Personality Type. I actually had an opportunity to meet him last year. Fantastic guy, I love and respect his work. If you've heard him talk before in his podcast, he has this raspy voice. Like he's like, hey, I'm Alex Sharfin, welcome back to the, and he's just, he's a really sincere guy. I really, really respect his work. So today I wanna talk about that, these three passes. And, And for me, when I started out, I got into college, I took a two-year gap year. I did a, a service mission for my church, spoke Chinese. I came home right back from that and I was ready to get into the fund world, right? I, if you guys have heard my story, right? I, I knew what funds were from my dad's business partner. My dad had kind of taught me about it. And I said, I want to be a fund manager. That's my ultimate goal. So the path traditionally, if you've probably all heard this, the path is you kill it in college, right? You get really good grades. You go interview, you get an internship your sophomore year. And then that internship builds and you hopefully land a big internship your junior year, right? You go to Goldman, you go to JP Morgan, you go work for some PE fund or VC fund. And hopefully at the end of that internship, they're going to work you to the bone. You're going to work a hundred hours a week. And at the end, they're going to give you an offer to come back the next year after you graduate and you can work there, right? So that was the plan. I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to work hard. And I went to BYU, Brigham Young University, second tier school. I mean, doesn't, it's not like a Harvard or a Brown or a, it's not an Ivy league school, right? So I knew I had to work harder to break into these big names and BYU. I love BYU. I actually was, had a full ride scholarship to another school. I was going to be an ambassador there. And I left that to come to BYU with no scholarship, um, because they have the number two finance program in the country right now next to Harvard. So I was like, Hey, I, if I'm going to get into finance, I got to go to BYU, even though the name isn't great. They have a really good program, really good professor. I'm going to get in. So I get there day one. I'm like, I'm going to crush this. And I, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm getting good grades. I go, you know, I'm interviewing at jobs. My first semester, two semester, I get a 4.0. I, I like, I really worked hard because I knew this, this mattered. Every GPA percentage in college mattered. I interviewed and I got a, I got a job at a boutique private equity fund. I'm like, this is awesome. Right. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I did it. My sophomore internship. This is great. Right. So I, I get in there and I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm working hard and I get back to school and I'm like, all right. So I work hard again. I get another internship I'm like, okay, this is the big one, right? I got to get a good one for my junior internship. And I go to this company out in Silicon Valley, massive company. They fly me out. They give me, um, they give me housing. They give me a free car for the, for the three months. I'm going to be there over the summer. They give me a paid internship, which is just like unheard of for other companies. And they're, you know, they treat me really well. I have benefits. And anyways, I work hard and about halfway through this internship, I walk into work one day and I'm like, how are people still here? Like what, like, wasn't, wasn't the plan. Like you work two years, you work your bones, you know, work to the bone. You either go do an MBA or you apparently everyone says you can write your ticket, right? You go work in investment banking, you work in consulting. And after two years, you can write your ticket. That's what everyone tells you. These people apparently had the option to write their ticket, but didn't do much with it. And I, I started to call around other friends. That I knew that a graduator, you know, and I asked them, you know, what did people do when they wrote their ticket? 
And a lot of them say, well, they just kept working their same job. They kind of moved up to maybe a manager position or maybe a vice president position, which is great. And I was like, huh, that's it. And it struck me like this, these, like what happened? Like what happened to their desire and fire? Like they were probably the same when they were my age, right? They were so excited to run their own fund one day. That was their goal. And then they just kind of somewhere along the road just said, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm like what happened? I, I met a guy, fantastic guy. I love him to death. He's a, he was a senior vice president at the company I was working at. We sat down for lunch one day and I asked him his story and he was, he's been working at the company for 23, 24 years. Um, still doesn't see his kids a lot, still works really hard mid forties. Um, which is totally fine. That's the way he wants to do it. And still not really financially free. And I was like, huh. And he was making great money. Don't get me wrong. He's making a lot of money, but was spending a lot of money. Hadn't, you know, done personal finance very well. And his family had kind of suffered a lot. And I said, I don't want that lifestyle. That's not for me, right? He apparently could write his ticket for whatever he wanted. And he wrote it and it was a big check, but not in dollars. He wrote a check for the cost of his family and his life and his desires and dreams. And I said, this isn't for me, right? And I, I remember walking in there. I'm like, I'm fine to do the work, but I'd rather put the work into a vehicle that I know it's going to make me a lot of money. I said, this vehicle of going and working for a big private equity fund and hopefully moving up the corporate ladder for 10 years, like, isn't going to work, right? I have a calling to do more to, to, to get out of this. And at the time I'd, I'd started my fund already. I had, I had hired a bunch of people, paid them a lot of money to run my fund while I went and did this internship. And I would, we would do calls every night for a couple hours and I'd make sure to run it at, after hours. But I did that because I thought this path of this internship and getting a job and was amazing, right? And at the end of the summer, it came. I got a, I got the offer, fantastic six-figure offer with benefits and stock bonuses and options and everything. It was amazing. And I said, no, it's not me. I can't do it. And I turned it down and I went back to running my fund. And actually at that point, we started the Investment Fund Secrets, this podcast and this show. And I was like, this is, we, I just, I couldn't do that. Anyways, when I, when I heard of Alex Sharfin's three personality passes, I just resonated with me. I was like, that's me, right? And now before I dive into these three passes, so there's three, each one, the first one's very broad. The next one's a little bit more narrow. And the third one is very narrow, very specific to entrepreneurs. And what I'm saying here and what Alex says, this isn't for all entrepreneurs. This is for innate born entrepreneurs. There are plenty of entrepreneurs. I heard Tom Bill, you speak a little bit ago. Fantastic guy. He's the guy that started Quest Bar sold it for a billion dollars. And now he speaks, he, he runs impact theory, interviews people and speaks a ton. I heard him speak last week. He in college was a film major, did his film thesis, got laughed at. He graduated, didn't land a big career in cinema or on Hollywood. So he started to work and um, work in a dead end job. And he met this girl, fell in love with her. And he went and wanted to marry her, asked her father for her hand in marriage. And her father was a really wealthy guy from Greece. And he said, sorry, my, my daughter has, is used to a lifestyle. He's like, honestly, I don't think you're going to provide that lifestyle for my daughter. And he's like, he was right. He's like, I would literally had to set an alarm every day at 1130 AM to wake up and make my wife some lunch. That's how he's like, that's how lazy I was. I would sit in my bedroom for four or five hours at a time. He's that I, I was, I don't really want to call it depressed, anxious, or just lazy. Um, but he's like, I, I was so far off. And then he turned his life around and ended up starting Quest Bar and sold it for a billion dollars. And he kind of got his father-in-law. He's like, hey, I, you know, I provided for your daughter, right? Um, that was his story, right? He's like, I, he says, I am not a born entrepreneur. I had to become an entrepreneur. So these three I'm walking through aren't on that, but you can you know, become this. But this is what Alex says. So number one is you knew you were different, right? So this is 
from the beginning, from when you were young, you just knew you had like this light about you, this special star over your head. You felt like you were different and unique. Um, and obviously we're all very unique. No, nobody holds the same DNA with the same, you know, person, you know, experiences and personality. We're all vastly different. And you knew that though. You knew you were different from other people. That's number one. Number two is he says, you have an innate motivation and you can't turn it off. Like at night, you just can't, like your mind just like, is just, you want to work. Like it's weekend. It's, it's Friday, Saturday afternoon at 2 PM. Like you want to like work and improve and get things done. You have this innate motivation inside of you to be something great. Okay. So number one is you knew you were different. Number two is a little bit, a little bit narrow, more narrow. A lot of people, you know, not a lot, but a good majority of people think they're different and know they're different. Second group is they actually have this innate motivation to work hard, to strive, to do a lot of things. And then third, Alex says is, which is kind of unique to entrepreneurs. Cause there's a lot of people that have this innate motivation that go work you know, investment banking or consulting that do really well. And they work the twos and they work their guts out and they have this motivation to work hard and progress in their career. But number three, unique to entrepreneurs is they have this call of contribution. They have this calling inside of them that they're meant to do more, meant to be great, to go on and and leave a legacy, leave something behind, something bigger than themselves. Entrepreneurs all over the world take on the biggest, hardest challenges that society has to offer. A lot of people, regular employee mindset people, they think, well, first of all, I can't do anything about these problems, these social issues. Number two, if I'm gonna do anything, I'm just gonna go petition my you know, senator or government and try to protest, or maybe I'll donate some money somewhere. Entrepreneurs say, screw that. I'm gonna take it on head strong and solve this problem. That's what entrepreneurs do. And entrepreneurs solve more problems around the world than any else more than governments, more than societies, more than churches. Entrepreneurs solve the biggest problems in the world. I met a kid a few days ago, 24 years old. He grew up with dyslexia, a really smart kid, but just can't read. He just mixes up numbers and letters. And he goes to Brown university, does very well. Um, he built a software at Brown to read all of his books for him and all of his software because he just had such a hard time reading. He ended up launching that into a company called Speechify. They have over a hundred thousand users on their app. Um, and he's just like, I talked to him. He's like, dude, I just am trying to eradicate dyslexia, dyslexia as a problem in our society. There's so many kids that struggle with this like me and they have no help. And they're, they have teachers and speech pathologists and whatever reader people that come and try to help them out. And, and he's like, they, they're smart kids. They just mix up numbers, right? They mix up letters. That's it. He said, I'm going to take on that problem. Another guy, I'm actually going to go meet with him in an hour. His name is Tim, Tim Ballard. He runs Operation Underground Railroad, worked at the CIA before, and he saw kids around the world that were being sex trafficked. They're, they're in essentially sold to different people or used as prostitutes, children prostitutes. And he worked for the CIA and was helping save. He could only save the American children. He couldn't save other countries. He said, screw this. He left his job, quit, left his pension, everything, started Operation Underground Railroad, got ex-CIA, ex-special, you know, SEAL, um, SEAL team guys all together. They started doing ops in South America. They'd go to Haiti, they'd go to Thailand, other places, and save kids from sex trafficking and sex slavery. There are more slaves today, right now, than all of the African slaves that were shipped over before the Civil War, currently right now. And a lot of them are children. And he now has gone out. They've saved over 3,000 children. And he said, I have this calling. I have something that I need to do more. I need to solve some of the biggest problems in the world. Bill Gates, for example, 
almost has eradicated polio off the planet. He's off, there's like one or two more tribes left in Africa that he's almost done. But he's like, like an entrepreneur, like they have this calling. They, when they, you know, retire, they don't play golf, right? They, they wake up and they just, entrepreneurs just can't turn their minds off. Like I got to solve problems. I, that's why entrepreneurs a lot of times don't retire, right? You see Elon Musk, you see Warren Buffett. They're like, I'm never going to retire. This is way too fun. This is way too amazing for me to retire. I have too many problems that need to be solved in the world. And I, or, you know, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it, right? I got to go out and solve those problems. That is the calling of contribution. That's the third innate step that Alex Sharfin puts into his book, The Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Personality Type, that I just love. Um, now, this is like, again, this is just for innate born entrepreneurs. There are plenty of people that become entrepreneurs and become that way over time. And this isn't for everybody. This is a, this is a, you know, framework and there's obviously exceptions to this, but if you feel that, and I felt that when I was in college, I said, I got to give more. I got to do more. And I, in college, I started six different businesses in college. Um, cause I felt this, I felt like I need to do more. And some of them, it wasn't like this calling out. Like I wanted to go save the whales. I was like, I want to make money for me. And I want to make money so that I have the freedom and time to go help and serve other people around me. And so I looked and I tried a lot of different things. I tried selling stuff online. I still tried it like a tutoring program. I tried this little like gadget, witch thing, we were, um, widget thing we were going to make. And I finally was like, oh my gosh, funds. That is the best vehicle that I can get into. I looked at what are the richest people in the world doing? Can I just get in that same vehicle and hopefully I can crush it? Because you, if you look at vehicles, right? You could be the, like the, you know, let's say the fifth best basket weaver in the world. That's your art, right? You're amazing, right? You've just been incredible, but how much are people going to pay you for basket weaving, right? Now, if I'm the 2000th best fund manager in the world, like I'm just okay, but I'm still, I'm still good, but just okay. Like, I feel like I'm going to do pretty well because the vehicle allows you to make so much more money. The vehicle is there versus being, you know, the best, my, my business partner, his mom is the number one landscape artist in the world for revenue. She crushes it. But like the number five, like doesn't do very well. You know, they're like starving artists and they have this amazing art, but they're just in the wrong vehicle. They spent all their time, you know, developing and getting into one space, but it's just for, for at least for profitability, it's not the best vehicle. Funds are a very, very profitable vehicle. Right. So I, I chose that. I said, I, I, I said, I want to get into a vehicle that's because I'm going to have to give all my time, all my attention to something. I want to get in a vehicle that can make me a ton of money. And that's where I've launched into the fun space. Right. And I launched my own fund. And you guys have all heard that story. So anyways, that's Alex Sharfin. Um, quick review at the end. Number one, you knew you were different. Number two, innate motivation. Number three, you have a call of contribution. Anyways, um, love, love to hear, <laughs> love to hear from you guys. Reach out to me on Instagram. I message you back. Um, Bridger underscore Pennington. And anyway, see you in the next episode. Peace. Hey guys, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you want to learn more about funds, how to get going, how to get started, we did something cool. I put together what I call a mini vault and we've recorded a ton of training videos and resources to help you launch a fund. In addition to that, I gave you my favorite pitch deck that I used for a fund previously. I also give you a step-by-step guide of how to go through and launch your fund. Additionally, you once you get into our mini ball group, you are put into our private Facebook group. And guess what? I go live in there once a week to answer your questions specifically about the fund. And you get to interact with other fund managers from around the country and around the world. So if you're interested, go to www.investmentfundsecrets.com. 
you can hop in and join the group, join the private members group, get the resources, download the PDFs, and I would love to see you in there. Love you guys. Peace.